Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation, so we can grow in our relationship with God. You're going to open up your Bibles to Isaiah 46.10. And it was not a coincidence that Pastor Joe just quoted this verse. And we did not compare notes. But let's pray while you're turning. Father, we just pray today that you would speak to our hearts through your word. We pray, Father, that You would be glorified and magnified in the name of Jesus. That You would fill us with Your Holy Spirit. That we would be in tune with you, what You want us to know. We ask You to settle our hearts. We ask You to cleanse us once again, Lord. Clear our minds from any distractions. And help us to just sit at Your feet. And we just ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay. I'd like you to copy this name down, if you could. It won't be up on the screen. Some of you might know him, but his first name is Amir. A-M-I-R. The last name spelling is T-S-A-F-A-R-T-I. One more time. A-M-I-R. T-S-A. F-A-R-T-I. And you can download a free app. It's called Telegram. Okay, Telegram is the app. Now, Amir is a Messianic Jew. He was a captain in the Israeli army. And yesterday, when Israel was attacked, he must have sent out over 50 to 80 Telegram notices about what was going on including pictures of what's going on over in Israel right now. And it is horrendous. As you know, Israel is in a war right now. And if you haven't heard, uh, while we were sleeping, Hezbollah, which is in Lebanon, also started an attack on Israel. So the Gaza Strip is on the bank of the Mediterranean Sea. It's part of Israel, little section. They started the war a couple days ago, and then Hamas, another terrorist organization, is now coming from the north. So it is very serious times we're living in, as Pastor Joe said. Uh, he covers, the pastors cover a lot of stuff that's going on over there right now, and it's major, major news. So before this even happened, before the war, Israel's war started, God had put this on my heart. This verse and the things that you're going to see in the PowerPoint. So, let me um, also, I just want to pray. If you notice, there was a uh, large number of youth here this morning. Looked like about 15, right, Ange? Close to 15 kids from Montgomery High School. So, I want to lift them up right now. I don't know how many of them are churched. Um, as most of you know, I was a health and phys ed teacher and coach for 44 years. So when I see young men like this coming, I know God is in this place. 
right? Seriously, I know the Holy Spirit. And they came individually, right, or, or carpooling. So they got here on their own. And you know if you had kids, and especially teenagers, that's a miracle. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Amen. So, Lord, we just lift up these young boys who are downstairs with Steve and James. I just pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on them. That today would be a day of their salvation if they do not know you. And if they do know you, Lord, that we, we pray that it would be a greater commitment and a greater walk and that you would use them as Daniels in Montgomery High School that there would be a revival in Montgomery High School that spreads throughout New Jersey and this whole country because I think we're realizing that is what needs to be done. And we know that is Your will, Lord. So may Your will be done. In Jesus' name, Amen. So today, if you're a non-believer and you're listening or you're visiting we welcome you, but we also pray today that God speaks to your heart. If you are a believer here today, we pray also that He speaks to your heart and you do become a more committed follower of Jesus Christ. And if you've been a committed follower of Jesus Christ, we pray that you will even go further with this, with your relationship with Jesus. Because we can never know enough right, about Him and we can never fall in love enough with him so let's jump in isaiah 46 10 declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and i will do all my pleasure you can really just stay there with the scripture reading today. I'm going to cover a lot on the PowerPoint and the verses will be up there. But this will be the first verse you see today and the last verse. And God knows the end of every single situation. Nothing surprises God. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the end of every circumstance, he knows the end and the beginning of every person. We can see, you know, as a, a coach, a former coach, we can see the start of a game. You and I can turn on a game today, whether it's football or the baseball players. We can turn it on. We see the top of the first or the kickoff. But we don't know the end of it. We know the beginning of it. We don't know the end of it. But God knows the end of it. He already knows the score of the Phillies today or the Giants or the whoever. He already knows what's going to happen at the end of the game, this final score. You imagine? <laughs> give me a win. <laughs> Let's pray for a win for your favorite team. But you imagine if you were a betting person and you knew the outcome of every game that you were going to bet on? My goodness. I think of the sting. Remember with Robert Redford and Paul Newman when they did the sting? And they knew when the horse, they knew ahead of time that the winner of the horse race. But we're not talking gambling today. Let's get back to the scripture. <laughs> God is not a passive spectator in your life, nor is he a passive spectator in my life. He is an active participant. 
Think of that just for a second. He is actively participating in your life. Not only when you're awake. When you're sleeping, He is actively participating in your life. Why? Because He loves you so much. He is trying to get your attention and my attention, but are we listening? Yesterday, it was the end of the Feast of Tabernacles in Israel. Young kids, teenagers, millennials, older people were celebrating the end of their feast. And then the attack came, the surprise attack. Think about it. Amir, the name that I gave you, he was speaking in Pennsylvania yesterday. He was up all night checking on his family back in Israel. He lives in the valley of Armageddon. That's his address. Yes, everybody, there is a valley of Armageddon. It is real. There are places that exist that we read in the Bible all the time. And he spoke. He gave the message yesterday. But you know what he said? That back in 9-11, he was in the Twin Towers a day or two before they came down. And he was speaking at Calvary Old Bridge the day after the towers fell. He opened up his talk yesterday saying, 9-11 you guys had already and I was here. Well, yesterday was our 9-11, Amir said. That's the intensity and severity of that that's going on right there. But as we look at this Scripture, God knows the end from the beginning. Remember, God's plans never fail. Not for you, not for me, not for the United States, not for Israel, not for the world. He does all His pleasure. What He wants done will be accomplished. It cannot be thwarted. It cannot be delayed. It cannot be switched around by the enemy. Because the enemy is the devil and his his army is a creation of God. He is not God. He is not all-powerful. He is not everywhere. He's a creation. But He is an enemy. And there are Christians. And there are Luciferians. Luciferians follow Lucifer. They do His bidding. They go to His church. They pray for things that are going on in our schools. They're praying for things that are going on in our country. They're going, praying for things like that are happening over there. And Pastor Joe does a marvelous job teaching about the globalists. They're Luciferians. They're in the occult. They're possessed by the enemy. Yes, pray for them that they get saved because they have an eternity that they're going to suffer in hell. But I'll tell you right now, they're doing the devil's bidding. God is not just watching your life. He's directing it. He's not just watching. Remember I said He's not a participant. I'm, I'm sorry, He's not just a spectator watching. He's an active participant. He is in control. So as I was preparing my PowerPoint yesterday, of course, you know, find out Israel's at war. 
Um, right now, the number is when I woke up this morning, the death toll went from like 150 to 650 just in the last 24 hours. Praise God, there was a miracle that took place. There was a lot of young kids that were celebrating the ending of the Feast of Tabernacles. They ran out and hid in the fields and they found them today and they are safe. But I don't know if you saw any pictures because our news media does not show you the pictures. They, that's why I'm saying if you want real news, real time in the real world, go to Telegram because they can't censor that yet. They can't pick and choose what they want you to see and how to control you. That is huge. That is so big. Okay, so we pray for Israel. We pray for the peace of Israel. I don't know if you saw this, the Iranian parliament yesterday chants death to Israel. They all lined up. They were chanting death to Israel in their language. There were pictures that reminded me of World War II and the Holocaust. They were taking grandmas and kids and carting them off, parading them through the streets of Gaza. This is not a movie. We've been desensitized, haven't we, watching movies? This is not a movie. These are real-life people that are dying, that are being tortured. And there's real-life enemy that are being shot. But as Pastor Joe said, all this is in your Bibles. All this is told about. We believe as the pastors, we are in the last days. In Daniel 7, <clears throat> 9 to 10, I'm just going to take a drink in case I have to talk anymore. Daniel 7, verses 9 to 10. While I was watching, thrones were set up and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His attire was white like snow. The hair of his head was like lamb's wool. His throne was ablaze with fire and its wheels were all aflame. A river of fire was streaming forth and proceeding from his presence. The court convened and the books were opened. This is a description. There's two descriptions of the Ancient of Days in the Old Testament. One is the Father God, and one is His Son, Jesus Christ. And we see a very similar description of Jesus with this description I just read in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, and also on the Mount of Transfiguration. So when we see this, a couple things I want to point out is the Ancient of Days is literally means before the days were. So before anything began, like in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, before there was a beginning, there was God. He was always there. That flaming throne that you saw is symbolic of judgment. God is a judge. A perfect judge. He doesn't miss a trick. He doesn't miss a thought. He doesn't miss a word. He doesn't miss an action. We do not want to come under his judgment. And that's why it's so awesome that God loves the world so much that he sent his son Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not perish and come under judgment, but be saved and have eternal life. And that's why we preach the gospel. The good news that you don't have to be judged. He can be your savior. He can be your Lord or he can be your judge. It's your choice. It's my choice. You're not forced into it. 
But you do have a certain amount of days on this earth to make that choice. Because once you leave this earth, eh, clock's over, game's over, done deal. So if today you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Receive Him today. Don't wait. Why are you waiting? You're being faked out by the enemy. The white hair and the title ancient indicate that God existed before time began. In Isaiah 43, 12-13, it says, Therefore you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am He. I have no idea what just happened. It's starting. Okay, so we'll see what the Holy Spirit does now. You want me to leave? No. All right. I'm out of here. <laughs> I am plugged in. Is there power? Okay. All right. Don't move. Stay right there the whole time. If you're not sure what you want for lunch today, have pizza, okay? Everybody doing okay today? Hang in there, guys. We're almost there. We got a picture back. I actually was just going to give the altar call and wrap it up and freak out all the teachers downstairs. <laughs> okay, we good? Is it up there, guys? Okay, let's get where we were. Thank you, brother. This it? Yeah. So, God is making the point that He's God before anything was, He was. Okay, and from Isaiah 43, 13, just another way of saying it. Yes, and from ancient days, I am He. No one can deliver out of my hand when I act. Who can reverse it? So isn't it cool that yes, and from ancient days, and yet He, and we just saw before, He is the ancient one. He's the ancient of days. So He's in total control. So Psalm 92 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth, and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And I think the thing that was impressed on me is regardless of anything that's going on in our lives, individually, in our families, in our workplace, school, whatever it is, the, the nation, Israel, that God is in total control. That He's got it all wired, but I think for you and me, He's trying to show us something that's so important that we get maybe more serious in our walk with Him than ever before. Because I believe that we are very close to seeing Him. To being in His presence. In Isaiah 44.6 it says, Thus says the Lord, the King and Redeemer of Israel, 
the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and there is no God but me. Isaiah 41.4, who has performed and done it? Calling the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last, I am he. So this, this title, I am the first, I am the last, besides me, there is no God. An idol needs somebody to make it. An idol can't be first because somebody has to make it. That creator was first. An idol can't be last because it breaks, it decays, or it gets lost. God, Almighty God, only one, is the first and the last. First, He is self-existing. Last, He remains supreme and never comes to an end. And no one else is like Him. Jesus says in Revelation 1, 17 and 18, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Mentions here again, we just hear that first and the last. So it says in Revelation twenty-two thirteen, I am the Alpha, which is beginning. I am the Omega, which is the last. That's the first and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. I'm the beginning and the end. And again, as I said, the first and the last. So we have this incredible book that you're holding in your hands or you're looking at at your phone. And I think most of you know, but it's always neat to hear that it's 66 books, 39 Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. It was written over a 1,500-year period, approximately 1450 B.C. to A.D. 100. Forty different authors. Most of them have, didn't even meet. Um, from three different continents, different nations, and varying cultures. It contains three different languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, Aramaic, and Greek. Some of you might have seen years ago, I know he was at Old Bridge, Chuck Missler, who passed away and went to be with the Lord. Well, Chuck always opened up his program, the Koinonia House, I believe it was, and it would always say it's the Bible is 66 books penned by 40 authors over thousands of years, and yet we discover it is an integrated message system from outside our time domain. It's almost like I feel like saying, welcome to the outer limits. Right? <laughs> so God puts everything together because He's outside of time and He sees everything that's going on and makes it all work out to His glory. Even though there's sin. Even though there's depravity and iniquity and transgressions. And there's an enemy of our souls he works out all things together for good to those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. Not our purpose. Numbers twenty-three nineteen. God is not a man that He should lie. And that's why I came to receive Christ. I said either Jesus is telling the truth or he's a liar. I don't have another option. 
He's either a God of His Word, or He's not. And I came to trust Him as my Lord and Savior because He is a God of His Word. And as you continue to read His Word, you see that it wasn't man penned it, penned the Bible, but God inspired those men. How else does it read from Genesis to Revelation as one book where things in, Je- in the Old Testament are revealed in the New and things in the New Testament are concealed in the Old? But like a kid, remember when you were kids and you played hide and seek? Or somebody hid something and said, go find it, and you went after it? Well, that's what we have to do. We've got to go after it. We've got to dig in to His Word. There's treasures there. There's life there. And we've got to keep digging and going and allow God to reveal to us His Word. Nor a son of man that he should repent Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Yes, yes, yes. He's perfect. He's a loving father. He sent his son to die on the cross for you as an individual. If you were the only person that ever lived, he would come and he would have died on a cross just for you. While you were a sinner, Christ died for you. When you didn't even want to give Him the time of day. When you didn't even want to go to church. When you didn't even want to open up your Bible. He died for you. That is amazing. Who would do that? God. I wouldn't do it. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't do that. But God did it. Because He loves you so much. Prophecies fulfilled. These are just some of them. There's about 2,000 prophecies in the Bible. About 1,000 of them have come to pass. Accurately. 100%. About a quarter of the Bible is prophecy. They've all come true. What do you think the chances are for the several hundred to 1,000 that are still left coming true? I know you don't bet, but if you're a betting person, it's a good bet that they're all going to come true. Just like the first thousand. Because God does not lie. He honors His Word. So, some of the prophecies fulfilled is the first coming of Christ. The life, the death, the resurrection of Christ. Those prophecies have been fulfilled. Jesus as a Savior of mankind, that's been fulfilled. Prophecies regarding individual people. Prophecies regarding Israel. The destruction of the temple. Daniel's prophecies about the rise and fall of many nations. Some of the nations that uh, some of the prophecies that still have to be fulfilled. The second coming of Christ. The rapture of the church. <laughs> the tribulation. The resurrections of the saved and the unsaved the millennial reign of Christ, the restoration of Israel, the new heavens and the new earth. Prophecies in the Bible are biblical predictions on the last days. Many of those prophecies that still have to be fulfilled are dealing with Israel. In Daniel 12, verses 8 and 9, it says, And I heard, but I understood not. 
Then I said, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. So Daniel, when he wrote the things that God said, didn't really understand everything. He was just doing it out of obedience, writing it down. And he asked and told God, I don't understand. But God said to him, Go, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed till the end of time or the time of the end. You and I are seeing some of those very revelations that Daniel did not know what they meant. Isn't that incredible? That is unbelievable. So what should we expect to see in some of the prophecies and some of our Bible readings? And what do you see? Okay, now, what I'm going to do is at the next few slides, I'm going to just show you some of the things that are happening or are being led up to happening, you know, at any time. But some, most of these are happening right now. So in Revelation 11, 7 to 10, it says, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. So they're talking about Jerusalem. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. Okay. To watch in real time. What am I talking about? Okay, well, this prophecy is a prophecy that's going to take place during the tribulation where there are two witnesses that come down to Israel. Same Israel that's at war right now. A lot of people believe that these two witnesses are Moses and Elijah. One representing the law, Moses, and one representing the prophets, Elijah. And they are going to be alive for the first three and a half years of the tribulation. They're going to proclaim the gospel. And the enemies of God are going to attack them and try to kill them. But they can't. They can't. Because God's hand of protection is on them for that three and a half years because they have a purpose and a reason for coming back to this earth. And that's to minister to the Jewish people who are left behind. Those who have not recognized their Messiah as Jesus Christ. There are still a large millions of Jewish people that, have, that are still waiting for their Messiah that is prophesied in the Old Testament. There are many, some right here in this church, that have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They are Messianic Jews or completed Jews. They recognize the Messiah of the Scriptures as Jesus. Because He fulfilled all the prophecies. All of them came true about His birth, life, and death. So the 
Church age, as you've heard so many times in this church, we're in the church age right now. We believe we're coming to the end of the church age. Pastor Joe did that great thing up here with the index cards that Sunday. And remember, he took that one card, whoop! The rapture of the church. The church age is over. Now God turns His attention back to Israel. Because He loves them too. And those two witnesses, Israel, the Jewish people, are going to know Moses and Elijah from their writings. And they're going to listen. They're going to get saved. But it's going to be a terrible, terrible time. That's why it's so great when we see Gentiles or Jewish people get saved in the church age. So they don't have to go through the tribulation. In this verse, it talks about that all people will see this. They'll see those two witnesses. Well, you know how they're going to see them. I don't have my phone here today, but here or on the computer, they're going to be able to watch. Oh my goodness, this guy says he's Moses. They're going to watch it. They're going to have access to it. We couldn't say that 50 years ago, could we? No. Well, we could watch it on television, but I think more people have their phones or tablets than they did televisions 50 years ago. Right? I mean, it seems like everybody, whether poor, middle, or upper class, they all have phones. Everybody, they give them away. Huh, I wonder why. Why do they give them away? But everybody has a phone. Or at least knows somebody has one and they can watch with their friend. So we can watch now in real time when this prophecy is fulfilled. But if you're watching it, we're in trouble. (laughs) We don't want to be there to watch that program. Right? God deprograms us from the things of the world. He shows us that we're sinners. That we need to come to Him and repent and turn and follow Him and, and have Him be our Lord and our Savior. In Matthew 24, 15-18, so when you see standing, notice that when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. If you were following Telegram at all, you saw some horrific pictures of what's going on over in Israel the last 24, 48 hours. You see the Hamas terrorists parading children and teens and parents and grandparents and carting them away and everybody cheering and and celebrating this. Iran called celebrating with them. And you would think, who would celebrate somebody's demise? In the previous, in Revelation, they're going to give gifts to each other because remember those two witnesses? After three and a half years, God's going to allow them to be killed. They're going to be killed and the whole world's going to celebrate and they're going to give gifts. They're going to throw parties and they're going to see it on devices. Just like this verse here, 
uh, this verse here, when you see standing in the holy place. Well, who's going to see the Antichrist standing in the holy place? Because that's what this is talking about. Well, it's going to be televised. He's going to go into the third temple, which is not built yet, but is ready to be built. Can be probably built within three or six months. They have all the vestments, all the equipment that needs to go into the temple. They're just waiting for the okay. Well, people that have been left behind are going to see the Antichrist go into that temple and guess what he's going to do? He's going to be asked to be worshipped as God, as the Messiah. And that's when the Jewish people are going to know they were faked out. And that's when Gentiles who have survived and are in the tribulation are going to, after the rapture, they're going to say, oh my goodness, I remember my friends told me about this. I'm left behind. What do I got to do to get right? And they're going to have the two witnesses they can listen to. There's going to be 144,000, 12,000 guys from each of the tribes of Israel who are going to be evangelists. They're going to evangelize. So people are going to be coming to the Lord, but it's going to be in a terrible time that the world has never seen before. Worse than anything that's ever happened in history. And we don't want anybody to go through that, Jew or Gentile. But here's another case that only now can we see in real time a person standing over in Israel. We're getting these pictures on Telegram minutes, seconds after they're happening. As soon as they put them on, that's what's going on there just a minute or two ago. It's real time. Then I'm sure all of you have heard of Elon Musk. Um, the satellites that are launched uh, by his corporation he launches them in batches of 60, and they orbit the Earth at a low altitude of about 340 miles an hour. Starlink is the name of uh, the uh, company, I guess, or what he's doing. It aims to offer broadband service that is faster, cheaper, and more reliable than existing options, especially in rural and remote areas where connectivity is limited or non-existent. Huh, I wonder if that person in the jungle is going to see the two witnesses. I think so. I think so. And this is a, a picture of one of the satellites. All financial transactions will be monitored. How close are we to digital currency, right? I mean, just most of us do a lot of stuff on our computer or, you know, we have our card. Um, you know, things are deducted automatically from our bank account. I wish it wasn't, but it is. But um, in Revelation 13, 16 to 17, it says, He causes all, speaking about the Antichrist, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And I know there's probably, I know it's over 10,000. I want to say probably over 100,000 or more people already have a chip inserted. Pastor Joe showed you the lady, remember at the counter checking out the grocery counter? She just waved her hand over the scanner and, and it was registered, you know. Is this the mark of the beast? No, it's not the mark of the beast. But it could lead to that kind of control where everything you do is monitored. And that's the goal of the globalists. Tim Cook uh, from Apple 
It says the next generation of kids will have no idea what cash is. Is that wild? Because they'll do away with all the currency. They'll just do everything on their device. Okay, the world spotlight turns on Israel. Future of Israel foreseen by prophets. Great news is they will survive. But remember, in the tribulation, two-thirds of the Jewish population is going to be destroyed. Only a third will survive. And of those two-thirds that are going to be destroyed, how many of them will receive Jesus as their Messiah? How many of them will be completed Jews? In Jeremiah 31, 35 to 37, Thus says the Lord who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is His name. If this fixed order departs from before me, declares the Lord, then the offspring of Israel also will cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says the Lord, if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out below, then I will also cast off all the offspring of Israel for all that they have done, declares the Lord. You want a uh, great verse for um, replacement theology? Right there. Do you know that some so-called Christian churches believe that they are the new Israel? That the promises that were made to Israel no longer are for Israel, but for the church? That's a lie of the enemy. God Himself made a covenant with Israel, with the people of Israel. If He can break that covenant with Israel, how secure is the covenant He has with you? And with me, if you're non-Jewish? Think about it. He doesn't pick and choose like that. What He says, He means. And there's people who try to change God's Word, and that's wrong. That's a sin to do that. So basically what God is saying, that you have to do away with the moon, the stars, the planets, everything, before I turn my back on Israel. Thank God for God and His promises. Zechariah 12. I only got about another hour, so hang in there. Let me just get another drink for the last... Zechariah 12.3 On that day when all the nations of the earth are gathered against her, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock for all the nations. All who try to move it will injure themselves. I'm sure you all know about the UN, the United Nothing, okay? That they just are all talk. That's all they do is talk. They have not sent their UN forces to help Israel as of the last 24 hours. They just hide away. But yet the UN is the ones who condemn Israel as one of the top terrorist nations in the world. Can you believe that? Israel never starts anything. They just defend themselves. But do they come out against Iran or Turkey or Russia? No. Nope. Think about it. Because it's a spiritual warfare. It's the principalities and part uh, of darkness. The principalities. No and powers of darkness in spiritual places that are turning the dials. Puppets. The puppets who fall under that have made the enemy their Lord and Savior. Pastor Don Stewart, who some of you might know, um, 
talks about a time clock over in Israel. And he says, Israel is the hour hand. Jerusalem is the minute hand. And the Temple Mount is the second hand. So what does that mean? Keep your eyes on Israel. There's a lot of nonsense going on throughout the whole world. A lot of bad stuff. But watch Israel. When things steep up in Israel, know that something's going on. It's no coincidence that was 50 years ago that something took place um, in Israel that they were celebrating 50 years of the, the Day of Tabernacle. It was a big celebration. It was that uh, like jubilee. And the enemy knows that. And they struck while people were sleeping or celebrating. They picked their time. Just like the, de- the devil. He crouches. He waits for an opportune time to take you down. He waits for an opportune time to take me down. He's always waiting for opportunities to get you off your game. That's why 24-7, 365, you need to be filled with the Spirit and walking with the Lord. Because you never know that second that He'll try to take you down. Here's a a, a neat map I found. Um, One of the prophecies that has to be fulfilled, there's actually two, Isaiah 17.1, which is the total annihilation and destruction of uh, Damascus in Syria. And then there's a coming... Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. Chapter 38 and 39 of Ezekiel. And you can see right here Russia, where they are. You can see right now they're in Ukraine. There was a statement made by Amir, who remember, he was a captain in the Israeli army. He said that only two nations could have knocked out some of the uh, technical devices to allow Hamas to come into Israel without detection. One is the U.S. and the other is Russia. Hopefully it wasn't us. So Russia, look where they are. Look where they're fighting. And as you continue to go down through Turkey, part of it goes right down to Israel. And the Bible says that from the north, Gog and Magog will come down to invade Israel. But God will destroy them on the mountains of Israel. It'll be a supernatural destruction of the Russian armies and anybody else who lines up with them. Closing here. Let me see where I am. I have no idea. Okay, we're almost done. All right. So, here are some things that God has prophesied and shown in Scripture that applies to you and me. Genesis 3.21, the covering of skins for Adam and Eve after they disobeyed God and His Word. That's what sin is. It's going against God's Word. They cover themselves with fig leaves, itchy, rash, took matters into their own hands. So God, for the first death in the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Paradise, took animals and slayed them, took the skin from those animals and offered it to Adam and Eve to cover them. They took those skins as an offering, a sacrificial offering for their sins. 
They put on God's provision. In Genesis 5, the leaders of every of the tribes that are listed talks about the Gospel of Jesus Christ right in Genesis 5. I don't have time right now to go into that, but it talks about God coming to this earth to die for mankind. In Genesis 5. Exodus 12, 12-13 talks about putting the blood on the doorposts and the lentils. The Passover. That anybody who is covered in the blood of Christ, the angel of death will pass over. The same thing applies to you and to me. Leviticus 17.11 talks about the shedding of blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. You fall under the judgment of God. You must be covered by the blood of Christ. You must put on His sacrifice by accepting what He did on the cross for you and for me. That is the only way you get eternal life instead of eternal judgment. There's no other way. Because Jesus... The Word of God does not lie. And He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. And God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit loved this world so much that Jesus said, I'm going. Those are My peeps. I'm going. And I'm going to die for them. I'm going to live, and then I'm going to die. And then I'm going to rise. And many will become our sons and our daughters as a result. Isaiah 53, 4, 6. Thousand years before crucifixion was even a method of capital punishment. Says He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. And by His wounds we are healed. Talking about someone who would die and His wounds would heal us. Heal our spiritual state. Psalm 22. Hundreds of years before crucifixion was ever a method of capital punishment. Read it. Talks about many of the things. And Jesus quoted those, that Psalm 22 on the cross because He wrote it. He knew what He was going to say. Because the Bible says He was crucified before the foundation of the world. Before it even began. He knew you would be here today. He knew he would die for you. He knows if you're going to accept Him or not. Because He knows the end from the beginning. Did I read Zechariah 12.10? Then they will look on Me whom they pierced. The piercing of His wrist. The piercing of His feet. The piercing of the sword in His side. All for you. All for Me. So that He took our place Remember that. He's our substitute. He willingly did that. No one took His life, Scripture says. He laid it down willingly. Just like you have a free choice to willingly accept Him or not. Last two slides. Jesus said, and, when, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to Myself. And He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. That he knew that the cross at just the right time in history that he was going to die on the feast of Passover. That he was the Lamb of God 
that would take away the sins of the world, the sins of individuals, your sins and my sins. And He knew in John 12, 32-33 that He was going to go to the cross for you and me. The same God that inspired people to write Genesis 5, to write Psalm 22. Because He is Genesis 5. He is Psalm 22. The Word of God comes to fruition because as we opened up with today, He declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. I know His pleasure today is for all of us to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. I know His pleasure today is if you do not know Him as your Lord and Savior, to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to ask Paul and Nicole to come up. And if you are here today or if you're on the internet and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please do that today. For no one knows the day or the hour when we're leaving this planet as an individual or collectively. Why wait? You know, I saw some pictures yesterday of... uh, Looked like girl, a girl in her about 25 years old. And she was in the Gaza Strip celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. And I don't know if she was shot or if there was a bomb that went off. She was still alive. But the poor thing was all cuts on her face, her leg, her back. This is real. This is not make-believe. We don't come to church to make-believe, to make ourselves feel better. We come to hear God's Word, fellowship with one another, pray for one another, hear our hurts, our our joys, our sorrows, go through things together. That's what a family does. And if you're not yet part of that family while Paul and Nicole play, um, just come on up and we'll say a prayer with you real quick to just be a witness. Be a witness. Let us be witnesses to your salvation. So come, if that's you. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossroads. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to www.cccrossfields.org where you can also watch or listen to previous messages. If you have any questions or have a prayer request, please email us at contact at cccrossfields.org Thanks for listening and may God bless. You have